Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. It's episode 56 this one and I am not joined by Aaron yet. He is going to be joining us very soon but I am pleased to be saying that I, I'm joined by Pete Brown of Forest Road Brewing Company. Pete, thank you very much for joining me. No problem. Thanks Thanks for having me. Happy to be no, here. No, you're, you're very, very welcome. We're, uh, we're thrilled to have you on and we're about to tuck into some beers that you kindly sent our way. So I have uh, cracked a sesh and I believe you've just cracked a, a can of work and we'll, we'll yeah. come on to those... Uh, beers very shortly but Pete looking at your uh, history particularly the brewery history I think it's fair to say that it's had a, uh, a very interesting path to uh, to where you are now so as succinctly as possible for people who may not know about it do you want to try and uh, detail the the history of the brewery to where it started and and how you've got to be where you are now yep yeah uh yeah it's quite crazy we um uh, how do I start this? I guess so. The guy, my head brewer now is a guy named James Garstang, who uh, hired me as a shift brewer at Camden Town Brewery back in 2012. Hmm. And uh, I, when I started Forest Road, I was brewing in other people's equipment and kind of growing sales and trying to figure out a way to get to get our. The goal was always to get our own plant. Um, and I finally got James to come and join the company and it was right as the like third site that we were planning on fell through. So he came up. So I basically, long story short, I conned my, I conned my, uh, my, one of my good brewing friends to come and be a head brewer for a brewery that didn't exist. (laughs) So, and so what, what we did was, you know, we, we did have a site that was lined up that just fell through. It was in shortage that one. Um, Mm. and so we said, you know what, we should just, uh, I was like, we should just get a, uh, uh, we should get a pilot kit into the arches where we were working at the time, which is now our tap room in Hackney. And uh, just fuck it, we'll just let people, you know, we, we can st- that way we can start working on our own stuff, and we can finally give people a reason to come and see see our see our kit and stuff. And and then James, um, so we were starting to look for a little kind of five to ten five to ten heck plant and james sent me an email uh it was the russian river brewing kit on auction and it was like what and he sent it over an email and he was he literally we should find the email we were just talking about this the other day he, he was like haha uh you know what about this one as a joke for putting a pilot kit in a, mm. you know in a little bit but we looked at it it was like this is russian river breweries like this is russian river brewing company and for those of you who don't know they're they quite they pioneered west coast style you know they invented they basically are responsible for the existence of double ipas um multi-award winning great guys out in california and um he sent it to me and it was actually like it was actually like the perfect size mm-hmm. um for us to grow into one of the things that we've always our beer portfolio is always we don't make we have a really small menu if that makes sense yeah um and so we we built we brew in and we were looking for a larger volume because we we're, we wanted to keep on brewing our the same beers that we did but in bigger and bigger scale and uh so he said that to me as a joke and then i i kind of i wrote an email to vinnie uh the owner of russian river and i was like hey man this is when i saw it and i was like hey this is this is kind of nuts you know I, I know this is crazy, but you think we could put it on a boat uh, and send it out here to London? And he got back to me kind of later that day or the next day really quick and said, Pete, I've committed to this auction company. Um, 
uh, you're going to have to go through them, but you should definitely come out and see it if you think it's right for you. Mm. So I booked a flight, a, a long haul from London to San Francisco, got in a car, went out, saw, saw a video, saw the kit. And it was like, it was immaculate. I mean, it's four vessels, 60 hectoliter brew house. It's brewed, you know, tons and tons of Pliny the Elder and Blind Pig, which is one of our favorite beers ever, mm. Blind Pig. Um, so then uh, it was like, okay, cool. So I tried to make a deal while I was there. It didn't really work. Flew back. And then I was like, shit, this actually, you know, could be a serious thing. And then we had to figure out all the other bits, which is like um, – taking it down, for example, uh, yeah. putting it in the trucks uh, from trucks to, you know, from where it was the brewery to the port of Oakland, from Oakland to London and about all these other things. So when we, um, we, we basically kind of, we talked to some of our pals in the industry and we kind of sized up what we thought it was worth. And uh, this, and, and we typed up a really professional looking offer letter from our little arch and hackney, uh, <laughs> our little unheated arch and hackney that was like, you know, terms and deposit and all these things that just looked like we knew what we were doing, but it was just three of us sitting in the arch. Hmm. And, um, and we said, you know what, fuck it. This is what we think it's worth. We mail it out. We sent it over and the auction guys got back to us like, uh, just a couple days later and said, our client is interested. And we're like, Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> now we're going to, okay. Whoa. Now we actually, okay, cool. This is, Let's this is real. <laughs> this is actually real. And we were kind of shocked. You know, we do kind of, we've done crazy stuff like that before, but this was like, we had, we had no money. Um, so at this point it was like, and the thing was about to go on auction and, um, and at that point, we like we literally fitted everything out, kind of costed everything. We had to do all this stuff, stainless steel tax, import, everything. And uh, we and we ended up meeting them in the middle. We did a counter offer, and they accepted it. Um, and then uh, I basically had about 48 hours to find uh, the deposit for the whole kit, which was 175,000 USD. Wow. And we we quite literally had zero in the bank. Um, and uh, I wrote this Hail Mary email to everybody that I've, like everybody in my email address book and said, I know this is crazy, but this kit is perfect for us. We think this is what it's going to cost to get it over. And we ended up raising the money um, and getting and and getting the deposit done. And that was actually quite the easy part. Then I had a month to get the rest of it. And then, yeah, some guy have no idea how, but we got the rest of the money and we got it on a, uh, we figured out all the bits in between. We got it on a boat uh, and sent it over to us in London through the Panama Canal. Wow. Uh, and that's, that's what we brew on now. I mean, like you say, it, it's a lot of money to find when you have nothing, but then by the same token, when it's Russian River's kit, and like you say, that kit has brewed batches and batches of Pliny the Elder and, uh, and Blind Pig, which are, you know, two of the world's most iconic beers. It's almost yeah. an opportunity that's too good to pass up on, isn't it? You know, it's almost yeah. worth the risk and the financial outlay just to, for that kit. You know, if you know that that kit can produce that sort of beer, then yeah. it's like, well, you've, you've got to do it, Charlie, haven't you? That's the thing. I mean, we, we're like, you know, it's like having Jimi Hendrix's guitar, right? Mm. We you know, we know what it's done. If we can't make good beer on that kit, then it's us that's the problem, right? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. So, 
um yeah and, so, yeah. and uh, here you are today and the rest is uh, yeah, the rest yeah. is history so to say here we are today yeah yeah so are, are you still still is that still your main kit then or is that now uh, yeah your, yeah um, so that's... Um, we still got tons of room to grow into um yeah. like i said it's a it's a 60 heck brew house uh yeah. it, four vessels so we're it we got it with two 240 heck fvs and uh four 120s and we we have it looks like we have another kind of two we have another maybe two three years of growth on it before we have to do anything else so i suppose like you say if, that, if that's the case as well the the longevity of the kit was as much as anything on it because like you say if you've got room to grow into it it's not a case of well it's a shed load of money to invest and then you'll have to invest it again if you can grow into that kit then i suppose yeah. it was almost future proofing in a, in a certain respect as well yeah wasn't it? That, yeah we, we we put a lot of things james and i built that plant without a project manager and we we kind of we everything that we looked at was we you know we both worked at camera town through their crazy period of growth and we know when you when brewers when you hit your stride that you, the main restraint is capacity and that's why the size of that plant and and the things that we put in place as well um we're we're designed to to grow into mm. um so we can you know we built we spec the the cooler the chilling system to be able to hold more fbs and we spec the water system to be to have um additional units plopped on so we can just keep on cranking from the same site with a little bit more you know more tanks and, and is it always stayed at the same site the tap rooms on the site with the brewery and everything then is everything yeah yeah it's yep. in there it's a Quite a mad site. It's really, really crazy, crazy cool. Yeah. Well, we we have now been joined by Aaron. He has literally just uh, joined the call, so we'll uh, we'll sneak him in. And I think he's uh, I think he's jumping in with both feet. I think we said we were going to look at Jupiter towards the end. I don't know if he's just jumped in straight away. <laughs> no, no, no. I just I've just got it ready. I've, I, 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 honestly, after today, I, I could have done, but no, I've uh, no, 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 no. I've just got it ready. Uh, I'm going for the uh, the work yeah, idea. Yeah, see, man, I, I, if I got the memo, I would have been on the Jupiter train with you guys. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't have any in the fridge. We'll, we'll, we'll jump nicely into into the BSP. I suppose that's a nice way to to jump in as we're all uh, we're all tucking into a beer now. So, yep. what what was the what was the first beer where it, where it all started? Then what was the sort um, of the beer that you first produced? Work works the first one that we did. The first one that that was when I I literally started the company. Um, I just thought at some time, this was like, you know, back in 2015, I, I, I moved into, um, I moved into this house on forest road and through spareroom.com and, uh, did, I moved in with these, this group of, uh, university of Manchester graduates. Um, they thought it was really funny to have this weird American brewer dude, uh, come into their show up on their doorstep with a case of beer. I was working at siren when I moved in. So I showed up with like a case of beer and they thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> help your cause <laughs> and um i i was like oh we can make good beer at home i cranked up a little i've been home i started home brewing so i i've i built a little kit there and we brewed a batch of this beer uh and it was just kind of what i was doing at the time with the old head brewer siren ryan uh witter Merritt. we were we always kind of liked low bitterness a little bit more malt forward kind of beers and and by the time I we hatched the crazy idea to actually start a commercial brewery, um, I thought it would be a good idea to start with a 5.4 to do 15,000 liters of 5.4% beer called Work that nobody's ever sold before. So <laughs> this 
<laughs> and also, I wanted to do it higher ABV, and I, I didn't realize just because I was like, this is you know everybody drinks high ABV beers. I'm glad I stuck with 5.4 because the British pint size will really get you. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the beginning of the company was just me and this beer. It was in bottles and key kegs. Um, and I was just hustling around the city by myself in a little white van. Uh, and my dog is in the other room barking. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this is the beer that started everything. I mean, this, this, is the, this is the first year and a half. It was just this beer only. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a, this, this beer is like, um, it's my baby. It's J and James, James, since James has been brewing it this year, it's, we've done a lot of cool little t small tweaks to it. And it's just really awesome. It's, it's got a little bit of malt backbone to it. Um, and a low bitterness. It just makes, it's just a really nice coppery, easy going beer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely, uh, definitely support that. It definitely is. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Very, very yeah. nice. I suppose it is a bit of a daunting prospect, like you say, though, going around uh, London with just this one particular beer and having, you know, yeah. such a big batch of it and all that responsibility and sort of risk yeah. on your shoulders of like, crap, we need to, uh, we need to shift some of this. <laughs> it was. And then also, you know, I was so like, oh, you know, people will get it because, you know, I brewed at Camden and this and that. It was like the excitement wore off after a couple of months. Then it was just me just going around to the pubs. You know, it's like, with no brewery and just bottles and key kegs of this one thing. I, I had no idea about pricing or margins or any, anything back then either. So, um, yeah, it was daunting, <laughs> but, but somehow we're, we're, I'm still here. So, um, and I almost doing something, right. I almost sold all of that first batch before it went off. It was like, it was 50, 150 heck. And I sold about a hundred of it before I had to get rid of the second half of it because yeah. it does not it was not tasting as good as it should have been at seven months when I was still going around in the little van trying to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sat in a little industrial unit somewhere just waiting to uh, waiting to go off. But yeah, yeah. It, am I right in saying that you did that in, in, in Belgium or in Europe as well? Didn't you like brew that elsewhere as well before you got yeah. the kit? So, so basically when we, when I started playing with the idea, I kind of always wanted to, I always wanted to do a, a brewery. I'd been brewing, you know, by that point I'd been brewing for like seven years. I always wanted to, uh, to do it. But the, the key thing for me was that you ha have a, a kit that can deliver consistent product, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I started, I started mm -hmm. off home brewing. I worked at kind of pots and pans. You know, I've been walk worked the wooden clad small, you know, archway breweries and stuff, and and I was like, the one thing I know that I, that I want is to be able to deliver consistent products. And so, so when I started doing the first business plan, it was like, okay, cool, you know, like oh, but we need this, and like, oh, but we need that, mm, but we need that, and they, all of a sudden, this this piece of paper had seven numbers on it, and I was like, I was just a guy you know, who is just a brewer, you know, there's no, like, I don't come from money. I'm not an ex banker or anything, you know, I'm just a guy like working in London. So, so even I just, okay. So to distill it, I just didn't have any money. So, so the plan was, why don't I brew a batch of beer and see if I can sell it. And then if I can sell it, then one day I can start a brewery. And so I was finishing my, um, 
I was finishing my biochemistry degree at University of Westminster. And every year, because I'm American, because I was an American student, I the nasty American bank guys were always like, each year they were like, do you need living fees to support yourself while you're abroad? And they give you these, like, they offer you these private loans. Or the government gives you some ones that are quite reasonable. And then there's the private guys that are like, hey, do you want to, you know, go out? Yeah, yeah, and I, I did, and I said no, I, I didn't need them. And then when, I, when it got to this summer, I was like, hmm, you know what? Maybe I could take that loan. <laughs> Tempted. Uh, and so uh, I took that. I took, I took the full whack. It was like forty grand or something crazy, you know, forty grand. And I was like, and I turned that into the first batch. And and when I was looking to brew a, a batch of beer, I didn't know that that's. I basically just started looking around i was like i'll figure i'll find somewhere to do it you know i I didn't want to do 150 heck i did like i wanted to do like 60 heck maybe but Mm. all the breweries Mm. that i found in the uk at that time it was like you can't use your own yeast or we can't we can only do cask or you can't do you know we can't get these hops or whatever it was so so in the end i reached out i started reaching out to different countries and i I remember we found one one place in like Barcelona, um, and then the other one that came back was the guys at uh, Hummel, the guys who make Hummel beer, which is Browery Van Eck, Browery, it's they're called Browery Leroy, um, and they got back and they're like, "Hey Peter, this is interesting. Maybe we can look look at it next year or something." And so mm-hmm. I just, I didn't even mm-hmm. respond to it. And then a week or two later, another guy came back from the same uh, email for the same email ending. And he said, hey, Peter, this is cool. Do you want to come out for a meeting? Um, and it turned out to be the, the Hummel beer guys. So I, I ended up going out there and doing the first batch of beer. I literally took Citra and Mosaic and uh, Idaho 7 on the Eurostar, like completely. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> from which I bought from the Colonel and Siren and somewhere and maybe even Camden, I think. And the guys, like you know, the immigration guys, like tucked into the bag with a knife corner to see if it wasn't. <laughs> it smelled like weed, and I'm taking on a train with <laughs> vacuum sealed bags of green matter. Um, but yeah, oh, so that God. that's where it started. And then I, I did like um, the following year. I think I did maybe one or two batches of. The of posh lager out there before we pulled before I pulled production back into the UK. And was that when you got the the kit all geared up and ready to go? Then and that's when you were break, no, ready to no, push the button. No, that was that was that was 2017. I I I went out and start. I brewed. a I made it. I went up to Cameron's in Hartlepool. Okay. And and mm-hmm. brewed a 900 heck batch of uh, of posh lager, which is like wow. mad now that I think about it. Wow. <laughs> This started so to cause my financial problems. <laughs> I, the guy was like, you know, we were brewing, you know, we were selling maybe, I don't know, you know, maybe a hundred a month or something, less than a hundred a month. So it was like a year's worth of production. But the but the price was really good and the brewers were really good and the brewery was really good. And I was uh, overly optimistic, like I always am. Um, it really caused a big, like, I, I so don't forget, this is the other thing too. So you get a big batch. It's good cost, good brewery, but then you you owe your money for it 
a month or two later. Mm -hmm. So when you still have all this stuff sitting there, not only is the, you you need a big place to hold all this stuff and then slowly chip away at, but you owe the money for stuff that you haven't sold. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that was a good summer. (laughs) But, but, uh, (laughs) but, you know, it's funny. The guy, the guy who, uh, who met me there, the brewing director, Chris Deacon, he's actually come back since we've commissioned the new kit and joined uh, my company as a non-executive director. Um, okay, nice, cool, quite cool. He's ex, uh, ex. You know, he's like he's crazy. He's like our brewing ninja sensei guy. Mm. He's like Heineken, uh, ABI, thirty years master brewer. He's a he's an absolute G. And it's mm. funny because when we when we finally commissioned the kit and got him down to see it, we were quite nervous about it because we were like, oh God, you know, we're gonna we're not gonna be brewing with you anymore. Mm. Um, but don't forget, they're like our, what we do in a year is like a yeah, yeah. minimal. Yeah. <laughs> he came down. We were like, oh god, he's gonna be mad that we we're like losing business. He came down, and after he had like a beer or two, he was like, "This is so cool what you guys are doing." And we we're like, "Oh, thanks, man." He's like, "No, this is fucking cool." He's like, "This is mm. so cool. I'm so hyped for you guys." Mm-hmm. And then uh, James and I've conned him into joining the team. So <laughs> he, we meet him. We we meet him once once a month and. Don't forget, it's a it's a big plant that we're running, and James and I are are the only guys from the top that are mm. that are making kind of big time decisions now. And so we kind of, if we ever have any kind of crazy issue, um, it's good to have a guy like that on call to help mm. us to remind us that we're not insane, uh, and to help us kind of think our way through problems and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it can steer the ship if needs be, or at least nudge it in the right direction a at little bit. Not- at least a nudge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so are you still involved with the with the brewing then, Pete? Then you say you've got a head brewer then, or do you now kind of leave him to do that, and you're sort of dealing with the no, bigger so problems, I, as it were? No. So I'm I I haven't brewed I haven't brewed for probably six four or five months, maybe on that kit. Mm, okay. Uh, I've been I just opened a new site out in Notting Hill, um, and I've been kind of working with. I've been working a lot of my time now has been working with strategic growth for the business and, and also working closely with um, my head of operations, Sarah, to make sure that we're, we're kind of giving all the department heads what they need to help us, to help us grow. So, I mean, I work with James every day, but I haven't physically brewed on the kit, you know, since, since last year. Mm. Um, But yeah. Mm. And and was, was that always the, you know, I'm guessing, did you grow up thinking you were going to brew? I mean, I guess no brewer really grows up and thinks I want to brew uh, beer, but was that ever sort of from an early age in your mind? Or? Uh, no, never. Not at all, man. I was, I was, uh, I used to be a sound engineer. I used to do sound okay. engineering and be a bartender in New York when I did my first homebrew. Mm. And I, I didn't think, I didn't think anything of it. I was all, it all started out of jealousy for my friend, Kyle who just randomly sent me a picture of some fermenting wine and said, mm. ah, I'm going to have 200 bottles of booze <laughs> in the spring or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I didn't even reply to him. I was like, fuck you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I went online and I bought a beer kit and I was interested in, um, I was interested in beer, craft beer and IPAs. And I was, I was really interested in drinking the stuff. And that's kind of where I was like, okay, cool. We should, I should try this out. Um, and then 
after two homebrew things, I just started reading books and I started, it just kind of took over my life. I, and I went to, when I, I moved from, I was living in New York, when I moved out to Denver, Colorado, I completely just stopped music and completely went into, I was working in a bar and then I begged to, I begged some brewery to let me uh, basically be an intern out there. Mm. And that was, that was back in 2011. So when I came out to London in 2012, um, I was from that, that point on, I was just full-time brewing. And since mm-hmm. then I did, I did two diplomas in brewing and mm-hmm. completed a BSc biochemistry and yeah. So I didn't, All I in. Plan, but it just, yeah, I'm just really into it, man. It's a, it's a really great fun thing that is that I'm just, yeah, I like it. I like creating stuff and, and uh yeah having fun. good man i love that that's great well done well done as well done man. well done right you know it's not easy getting diplomas and biochemistry degrees and stuff yeah. like that mate so kudos yeah. for that man that's that's class cheers cheers cheers, cheers. yeah Appreciate aaron's the sort of the brains of the podcast whoa, 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 whoa. Brew, <laughs> brewing brewing especially give it given he is you know, by definition, he is a brewer and all these other things. And we're in sort of the throes of making our own small batch beers and things. And I just pass it to him. He's like, you deal with that. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and he's like, what do you think? What do you think about this? And I'm like, I literally don't have a clue. I, I literally. <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> just just put ops in it and make something nice. That's that's all I, that's my input. Yeah. That's, that's but it. every every single little tiny controllable thing of one batch of beer, you could go into a universal sized wormhole. Yeah, yeah. Of, of control and it's just like it's just this never-ending and the the, mo- the most beautiful thing about it is it, it's like the um it, you you can you can read i've met you can be so book smart about stuff and then it'll just do something that you you're just like what are what are yeah, you yeah. Do, what are you what is going on it just it just never it's like i think it's a really good lesson in realizing that nothing's perfect Mm. it's like it's just one of those things that you can go you know there's 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 guys that know the in brewing books inside and out oh if it's two degrees and it's this yeah yeah but then all of a sudden you know you just one little thing and you're just like oh yeah wait it's beer you know it controls me i don't (laughs) that's very much yeah yeah, that Uh, is very 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 true i always think that like brewers are well number one cleaners uh and then number two we're just literally there to just facilitate that's all we do. We can't. It's exactly. mother, the rest of it's Mother Nature, magic, and fairy dust. We just sit there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's it. We're just there to make sure nothing bad happens. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like you say, there's the difference between in any sort of field or world, there's different book smart and world smart, isn't there? And it's, yeah. and almost in, in some respects, the world smart has the edge because you've been there, you've done that. And sometimes you might not know the signs of, why something happens but you know that if i do this then i know that i can prevent it from happening you don't necessarily need to know the the the, the like you say the biochemistry behind it but if i know that if i do these steps x won't happen yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but yeah that's to me it's it, it's over my head it's just <laughs> I, i'm i'm there to I, i'll say something to Aaron and say can we do this and he'll be like mm, yeah maybe <laughs> maybe not and then and then or he'll say, we're we going to do this, and he does it, and it turns out to be a nice beer, and it's like, yeah, yeah. excellent. And then, you, and then you're scratching your head thinking, what the fuck did I do? I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> yeah. the there are so <laughs> many beers I've done, and I'm like, that really works, but I can't remember yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, I can't. 
Well, I think I think yeah. one of the, the last beers that we did, I think we, we'd had the, the recipe written out and everything, and then on the day you changed yeah, it, yeah. and I don't think you necessarily documented what we did or how he changed no. it and then it's like well even even when you think you've got something nailed it's like even on day like mm, i'm gonna change yeah, that you just get a feel you're different. just like yeah i'll just do this and i'll write it down and like what five <laughs> six weeks yeah. later you taste it go that really worked that oh uh, we should remember what i did where did yeah I exactly yeah it's on a scrap piece of paper somewhere i'll find it in a year don't worry <laughs> mm. i just get sent a picture of someone in his handwriting that i can barely yeah. read but he understands it <laughs> It's just like like doctor's, this. yeah, like doctor's handwriting of like I have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, it looks good, mate. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> mm. Just be, nod, nod, and nod and agree or smile, smile and wave, smile and wave. wave. But Pete, I suppose obviously with you coming coming from America, does does that lend an element of going towards or leaning more towards that style of American? IPA pale to to what you brew and what you produce. Obviously, like you say, you're a very you know your your range is. What about five beers? Am I right in saying something like that? So, yeah. just as of th- January, it was we just brought session on. Co- we, we were brewing session for the we brew session as a seasonal beer, and we're doing our third batch of it this week. Mm. Uh, it's catching on really quick. Um, but yeah, that's that's the extent of we. It's easier for us to focus on making the same thing right over mm. and over again, rather than trying to fill this you know, these crazy, the craft beer fridges that are endless, you know, of all these different, you know, blends and stuff. And so, and like, I don't think that from America, the only, the only, one of the main motivations, like when I came over, I moved from Denver and I realized like, I, I work like I, I went and offered myself for free to 25 breweries and got rejected before I got that uh, assistant Mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I didn't really think anything, I didn't really understand it when I, I literally, before I moved out here, I sold my car in Denver, moved out here, put London in the map, typed in brewery. And there was like redemption Camden, London fields and like the Colonel. And I guess it's 2012 London. And Mm. I emailed all four of them and I was like, I'm a home brewer and I'm whatever coming out. And, um, and the guy at London Fields got back to me and he was like, yeah, come on down. Just hit me up when you're here. We'll, you know, we'll get you stuck in. And I was like, what the fuck is this going on? I just offered myself for free in Denver to, uh, to literally 50 breweries over the course of six months. And now I've just emailed somebody in a different continent. Yeah. And they're saying they've hit me in. And so, and I was like, I didn't think much of it. But in retrospect, in, retros, in hindsight, I was like, I realized that there, this in Denver, the home brewers make better beer than people in the, the home brewers are making beer that could take awards in international brewing mm. competitions. They've been doing this for 30 years at that time. And, and at 2012 London, the guys that were doing it on small scale were just literally just the guys start finally starting again after all the lager consolidation mm. and stuff. So the, one of the big motivations for me coming out here to begin with was, um, was just knowing that this is what it could be like. You know, every bar and restaurant in Denver has a local IPA on that's banging. There's no flaws in them. Mm, it's so yeah. you literally you sit there and you're like, oh, I like strawberries, you know, in this one. Or like, I like, you know, peach in this one. There's never like, oh God, this one's off. Or like, oh, there's sulfur in this one or this. It's just like beautiful, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, I, and I always was like, when I moved out, I was like, I was, I just had this, I just knew that this is where, 
the UK was on a fast track to go. And so that's always been just beer quality has always been is part of my compass from from my work as shift brewer at Camden and and Siren and London Fields and all that up to starting. So it's like and then yeah. And then on top of that, yeah, just just beer quality is something that's been in my mind. The other thing that's kind of in I've been indoctrined by the Brewers Association of America uh, and their it their nonprofit work for supporting you know information sharing between sales guys and quality guys and marketing and all these things those are the bits that i've brought with me um that i've brought with me over here including the kind of uh opposition stance against big breweries which has got me into some trouble out here uh on and off okay yeah. which will uh, <laughs> which will will we'll, we'll come on to uh, very very soon but yeah the uh on that note, um, sort of saying information sharing and things, we spoke to uh, the chaps at Deadweight Brewing recently. Mm, we had okay. them on the show, and they were very, very, very complimentary of you and the team um, sharing yep. information and sort of been a uh, friendly to reach out for information and experience. And all you know, the the two lads are only brewing in the garage, but they were very complimentary of uh, of you sort of but being available on the hand. So, it's so important, you know. I think there's. I just feel like there's the if every if craft beer as a if we look at ourselves as a single organism it's really important that if everybody's got their blinders on saying oh we're going to make an ipa and it's going to be like this and there's 20 other people doing it within a 50 mile radius we all want people to be drinking good ipas yes. right if you're making mm -hmm. a shitty ipa because you haven't read a book on home brewing over you know that means your your people potential customers for the whole group are going to miss out yeah. on it mm -hmm. as we think it's really, really important that people are, you know, aren't trying to keep their like it's a, some secret. You know, we should all be yeah. working together. I think it's, I think it's, yeah, important. Yeah, definitely. It's different to any other industry where everyone's competing against each other, and it's almost like the craft beer industry and market is trying to make itself bigger, so there's more opportunity for everybody rather than like you say, you're trying to nail down your market and just keep it to yourselves you're trying to make the market bigger so the space for everybody yeah so pete the the two beers that i've had or certainly i'm, I'm having i've I finished the uh, the sesh off um and i'm now on to the the ride um and and the sesh has been you know everything that you want which i'm sure you intended it to be like you said you've not been brewing it very long but for a 4.3 percent uh session ipa it's just very very easy and in the in the best sense of the term and description, no nonsense, no frills, just a nice, easy drinking session IPA. And and this pale um, you know, ride is is very very similar. I think this is a bit more akin to maybe a a classic pale, a bit more bitterness to it, yeah. which you probably correct me on. But again, straight up, nice, easy drinking pale ale, and there's absolutely nothing nothing wrong with that. But they've both been absolutely cracking, just easy to sit and drink and they've just disappeared very very quickly <laughs> yeah cheers man yeah that's the problem with 330 mil cans they just they just disappear mm. yeah they're just yeah, uh, like, i've not surely yeah, I, I didn't drink all that, <laughs> I didn't drink all that. <laughs> you go back yeah. for another it's, oh no it's gone <laughs> but it used to be cans and sort of eking it out and when you look at it it's like oh no that that was all of it no that that was that was it's gone, that was, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but Aaron, pour a little bit more out yeah yeah <laughs> 
But Aaron, you've had the um, you had the work uh, alongside Pete when you I when did. you joined in, yes. and you've you know you're currently drinking the uh, the posh lager as well, I believe. I am, you? yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I've gone to the posh lager next. Uh, loved the work. I thought it was really really good. Uh, everything uh, that has been said about it is completely true. Uh, really really good. I, it's just a very very solid IPA, and I know we've said on the show before that you know you can say. IPA sort of lost its meaning. You know, you need to have something in front of it or, you know, something after it, you know, um, in order to describe what it is. But that's just a very, very solid IPA. You know, that is a, that is the traditional, I'm going to say American IPA. Yeah. You know, it's the American, it's the IPAs that, that came over from America in the early days that showed what an IPA could be. So more of akin to a West Coast than, than a New England, I, I, you know, I uh, I think. If I get the map of America out where I pinpoint the uh, the place, uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're actually, yeah, we'll probably, we'll say, uh, we'll go Denver, actually. Uh, so say that's that's on form. Uh, yeah, so we're a bit, we're a bit on the uh, the closer side to the West, but we're not quite, you know, um, all the way there in, uh, in California. But a very, very, very good, uh, uh, good IPA. And the lager. It's very nice. Again, you know, um, I've actually started drinking a lot of lager recently, and I think it was—I think it was after the uh, we interviewed uh, Pillars uh, yeah. recently, and um, I think it was since then. Um, I just—I I, I, just flicked a switch. Very, yeah, there's a lot out. I think like a lot of um, you know craft beer enthusiasts. Um, probably got a little bit blindsided by the fact that oh you know yeah lager's lager you know um i'd rather go for something a bit jazzier let's say but it's been really nice just relaxing and having a lager and this posh's posh's like that beer has we that beer doubled in sales growth again last year wow yes it's just amazing we the that beer is you know when you when you start home brewing and you just just relating to my own journey you know you start home brewing it's like more alcohol more bitter more this more this yeah da, da. and then all of a sudden you're like all right wait a minute let me just come back to like all right you know yeah drag it back a little bit some stability and it's like you know i can drink i can drink pale ales for ages and then uh, if you cut a nice 4% lager through the end, it's like having a glass of sparkling water in between meals or something, you know, it's yeah. just, and, and there's a lot of negative connotation with, with lagers because of the, because of like all the big guys, you know, that make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, we use, we use hops from Kent and we mimic our water profile. We strip our water back to nothing and we mimic, um, pills in check water um, nice. it, it's just clean simple good earthy uh beer and, and you know the thing is it's really difficult with lager to it's the thing about a lager is almost you don't want to be smelling it you you just want to be you just want to drink it the moment that your nose goes hmm, what is that mm. there's something wrong with it right it's like yeah the chemicals the the air, the hydro, the aromatics in in that beer are so lull you to just take you to a nice calm place that you you shouldn't be thinking about it. It should you just put yeah. it back 
like refreshing it. Um, and yeah, that beer is, uh, it's our baby. That thing keeps, just keeps on growing like a monster. It's interesting you said the thing with, with the aroma. Um, because I always, I, I always just have a, it's force of habit to have a little sniff of my beer. And, um, when I've been out with my friends before, they're very much, you know, they're not, um, uh, that fussed about beer really. They're, they're, there to have a good time you know just get it down you and we'll have a laugh sort of thing but I take my time over beer and things and I enjoy it um and I was sniffing a lager it's like why are you sniffing it why are you sniffing a lager and I I said something sort of akin to that I was like well I'm just making sure that there's no there's no smell like I know yeah. You, yeah, it's hard. yeah like you know I didn't want it to I didn't want anything in it sort of thing it was weird I couldn't I couldn't explain to him why I didn't yeah. want anything in it because I knew that he wouldn't be interested and he'd zone out within 30 seconds. But I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want anything. I want it, I'm smelling to make sure it's a, a clean, crisp drink. That's what I want. I don't want yeah. anything else. I've bought this because I want it to just go down the hatch and, you know, sort me out sort of thing. Um, yeah, and he would just, he just, he just didn't get it. He was like, why don't you just drink it? It's like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, 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 it's hard having to describe to people like that what you're looking for and why you're doing it that's what yeah it, the the that's what that beer does and it's great and it's a it's a great kind of it's a great gateway for people that are like <clears throat> scared of craft beer or ipas to <laughs> shift them over from the standard sugary you know pre-oxidized top big brewery shit into yeah. Uh, I, we, we get to gateway, you know, and we've met so many people. We, every time a delivery guy comes to the brewery, we always give him a can of beer. And every, you know, this is our job. We just always give him a can of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We find so many people that are like, oh, I don't like beer, but I love posh. Like, I, I'm not really into, I'm not usually into beer, but this is, a, you know, this is, it's like it works, it works across everyone. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's that beer is a monster. It keeps on. No. Massive kudos for that, mate. That's uh, really, that's really, really good. Very, very nice. Does exactly. It's Ron Seal. There's like a bit of a yeah. running theme, really, on the uh, on the show where if a beer does exactly what it says and does it well, it's Ron Seal. Yeah, mm. <laughs> so, it is. Well, it's, it's Ron Seal. Oh, well, that's it. And, and like like you said, there's there's nothing wrong with a lager that just you're there to have it as a as a start, a mid, an end, whatever. It's a warm day. You're not wanting to sit there and chew something and sniff it, and it's just like. And I, I just want something, and that's it. You know yeah. that that that's yeah. all you want. You want something good to, and and it's an art in doing that itself. You know, and it's not a case of just making something cheap and wet and what have you. But no, there's a, there's an art and a skill to to doing that because even though you, you know you're not there to smell it, but it at least has something more about it than a mass-produced lager. But it's that balance between being, you know, refreshing and sessionable and and all those bits and bobs, but then still being a superior product. To co- like it, say, convince it, people away from the mass-produced stuff that you'll be faced with, especially in London, and and also it's the it's the lack of it's the other thing is it's so you know we say it's like it's like being naked on stage. There's there's so if there's any tiny flaws because because the hop character is so delicate and because the body's so light and because the balance is so like sensitive. Yeah. If you have a small flaw in that beer, it sticks out to you like a, you don't even know why. You're just like, well, 
you, you know, there's something here. So it's yeah. really like, and, and again, you know, James and I, we brewed millions of liters of hells before they sold the ABI. Mm-hmm. We, I, we know that we know lager inside out. We know what those, what the yeast does when it's a degree off, when it's too warm, when it's under pitched, over pitched. We know we we're so intimate with how that beer behaves and the temperatures that it likes to work at. So when we finally been able to do it on our own, we we got we've built a really really strong QC program to make sure that that beer just keeps on banging out fifty liter kegs. Mm. Yeah, this is it, and and the last thing you want is issues with it as well, isn't it? You know, like you say, it's especially when people you know it's gathering momentum as it is. The last thing you want is to be sending it out and people having issues with it. So like again, that consistency, like you say, isn't it of nowhere to hide with a lager, which I think we discussed on the Pillars show is. It's it's just so it has to be precise. It is what it is, and that's that's it. You can't just chuck more hops in it or whatever yeah. just to to mask any sort of flaws or flavors yeah. or what have you. It's just it comes out how it comes out, and that's it. You know, whether there's a batch that goes down the drain or what have you, then well, ultimately that, that's what happens, isn't it? But we'll uh, we'll come on to the uh, we'll come on to the Jupiter. Um, yes, if, yeah. uh, <laughs> if, if we may. And whilst we're uh, we're cracking open the can, um, we'll. Allow allow you um allow you to discuss its uh, its creation and wait its, uh, let's all do it, let's all do it at the same time ready well Ready? It. it'll make a cool sound ready one two three oh. there we go <laughs> there we go sync. all right in sync look at that yes. Been looking forward to this literally all day. By the way, <laughs> this is there's um, nothing wrong with that. The, the main reason that. I got out of bed <laughs> is this, okay, it's cool. and it's been so hard because this has been sat in the porch. So... Yeah, yeah. So you, obviously, uh, Steve brought it round for me, and um, it's been sat in the porch where at the minute. I don't need to put them in the fridge. The porch is colder than the fridge. It's freezing in there at the minute. <laughs> Save that, and after what. Well, this is it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've got more room for, you know, cabbage and lettuce or whatever you boring, food, you know, yeah. boring people eat. Uh, but I left it in there, and I have to walk past it every day. And I said this morning, I walked past it. I was like, I get to see you later. <laughs> <laughs> At last. last. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This one, yeah, got us into a little bit of. Well, I won't call it trouble. I'd say a little bit of fun, really, at this point. Uh, with the big boys, which is our first, um, it's our first official um, confirmation that they know what we're doing. Um, mm. When we we brewed this beer, so we have a beer that is coming back. I think it's being brewed tomorrow, actually, Juno. Which we're our brewery's on Juno Way. We have beer called Juno, and uh, we always so you know everybody every single time it comes to. December, January, everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to brew a low alcohol, you're going to do this and that. And we're always like, we, mm. we're, we're good at making beer. You know, if somebody wants to, like, if you want to go and make, like, if somebody wants a, long, a low or non-alcoholic beer, why would they come to us? We, we, we are confident about making beer that's got beer in it, that tastes like beer. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. If you want to fill the, you know, gaps of like, you know, so we thought it would be funny to, instead of brewing a non-alcoholic beer, to brew 8.7% double IPA. And that's how it started. Um, and then, so 
we came up with the name Jupiter because Jupiter is the, uh, the it, you know, the father of, or the brother or sister of Juno. So it's something, it's, some, it's something to do with yeah. like Greek we were, it was like mythology the bigger, or something. Yeah. It's like the bigger version of Juno, right? That's mm. how yeah. And, and like the day we were talking about it, there was something in the news about Jupiter being around. We're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be sweet. So we do this beer as a one-off thing. We'll call it Jupiter. All of our beers have four-letter words. This is the only beer we've ever done, and it doesn't have four letters. And we were like, whatever. We'll just smash a big beer. We'll, we'll knock it out. I don't know if you guys – did you guys see the uh, the hops blowing out the top of the tank on that one? Do you ever see that video? It's no, mad. No, no. So, it's <laughs> – this is it's mad, dude. Sometimes, again, going back to our conversation earlier about um, when you know you think you think you got beer down and you think you know yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things. So, so there, we have one single brew, sixty heck tank called Bruce that we brew this type of beer in because it's a single brew tank. All of our other all of our other tanks are double or quad brews. Um, and so obviously when we do a new beer or special, we do it in the small tank because we've never sold it before. And that is the only tank. All of our tanks have a secondary dry hopping port on them so that yeah. we can, that we can blow the hops in through air rather than taking the top off. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another thing that Vinny from Russian river did for his kid. We're, we're I'm, as far as I know, we're the only brewery in the UK who has this kind of system. It's, when you go up and you when you dry hop something, if you just drop stuff in, what happens is it, yeah. it the top layer kind of soaks some of the beer in, and then the rest of it kind of floats. And then you have this little hop island up there, and it some of it starts to slowly drag down. But but you get the you really rip the hop character out of it when you have saturated when you have alcohol um, hydrocarbons in, that are coming in contact with the oils attached to the pellets or <laughs> or holy if you do it. And it's them moving through the liquid, which it, it gets you a really good extraction. And so we have these secondary pipes on all our tanks so that we can just blast pellets into the top. So it mm. smashes the top. And then the impact, if you picture like a, I don't know, like a, I don't know, like a, you know, this weird, those videos when you see a face trying to go through like a balloon or something. Oh, they, yeah, they, yeah. They break, they hit it, they hit the lid with such impact. And instead of bouncing back up, they, they, they go into the beer quickly and fall all the way through. Mm-hmm. And so, uh. and that motion, the smashing on the top breaks it up quicker. There's no clumps. There's no, so you get really good utilization out of the pellets. Mm. Um, Bruce, the tank, doesn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, when we went up there and we always do our first dry hop at 75% attenuation, so that we can get some of the biotransformations the yeast do, the yeast turn through their normal metabolism, turn compounds into new compounds, and they only do that when they're active. So this was the last day of Christmas. James and I are in there by ourselves, you know, like closing up before we go for Christmas and whatever. Go up, bring these hops up on the ladder, take the top off, and we dump a, dump a bag of, uh, the first bag of hops in, no big deal doing the second one. And then James is over here. I'm on, I'm on the ladder and I, I look away from the tank and James looks at me and I was like, we both had this moment where we looked at each other and I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I was like, okay, I, need, I need to climb down. The reason why I couldn't breathe is because there's this, there's this moment where, you know how in pint glasses you have etching on the bottom of the, you have nucleation points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Bottom of the glasses. So that's to create 
points for CO2 to evolve from, really small points. Yeah. Sometimes you have this crazy kind of uh, chain reaction with no, with no etching. It's in the middle of the beer universe. It goes where the bubble is just going bing, 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 and create this crazy uh, CO2 evolution moment. <laughs> it just so happened to happen while I was on a ladder. And the, <laughs> the, reason, the reason why I couldn't breathe when I was on the ladder is because yeah, the there CO2. was a lot of CO2 coming out. And by the time I put my feet down on the floor, there was Old Faithful taken out, literally dumping beer out of the top of the tank. You should check it out. I mean, I'm sure that we put it on Instagram somewhere. It yeah, I'm going to have to have a look at that. Yeah. I love stuff that happens like that. It's brilliant. I mean, it's a great story, but at the time, it's the oh, it's awful, in it? You're just like, oh, for, like, you look, but now, obviously, you can look back and go, yeah, we it were, was great. We were like, also, we we kind of when we wash it down, we're like, oh, there wasn't that many hops that made it out of it. So, and the first, well, batch, yeah, exactly. First batch was banging as well. So, um, but yeah, we did that beer, and then and then we we said, yeah, this is a cool name. I filed trademark. I filed trademarks on every any. I have trademarks on beers that I've, I just think when I think of stuff, I just go bam and just go and, and fire them yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So I put in the application for uh, Jupiter. Didn't think anything mm-hmm. of it. Um. And then I got this little letter through the post from Anheuser-Busch InBev. Um, yeah. Maybe um, two months. It must have been February, I think, uh, in 2022. Um, saying, telling me basically that of the, they have a beer called Jupiler, which is literally yeah. sold, sold in like vending machines in Belgium. Yeah, um, it's like the, it's not even the carling of, Belgium. It's very much it's it's the first thing you see. We get off the uh, the plane in any Belgian airport. It is literally the like you say. It's in vending machines. It's in like these little. um, The only way I can describe them is you know like when you used to buy ice cream from a um, like a fairground or something or the theatre. They're in these little like pull out drawer things, aren't they? Where you can like grab one. It's like that, and they're sold in them. That they yeah, it's. Yeah, these yeah, weird mad. red cans with a with a bull on, I think, or something. Yeah, five five percent lager. It's like yes, it's, I mean it's it's awful. You know, like Heineken. Heineken. When you go to Amsterdam and you take you drink Heineken, it's it's like amazing. It's not like UK brewed mm. Heineken. It's like it's just amazing. You know, mm. Jupiler tastes like shit everywhere. Everywhere you go, it's just yeah. never. It doesn't matter. There is no like home of Jupiler mm. that's just awesome. No, I don't even think the the Belgians are particularly keen on it. I've only ever seen it in can. I just think they yeah. suck it into a can, put it in yeah. airports, and so the British can then walk past and go, "Oh, I want a lager." Yeah, and then they can I, just grab it. And I think it's literally just made for that. I think that's the only thing it's made for. And they did, and they sell a bunch of it apparently because they were a threat. Oh enough, yeah, they do. Yeah, um, by my. 8.7% IPA, double IPA in a blue can compared to their <laughs> 5% lager in a red bottle, you know. Yeah. Uh, I can see why the they get cool, confused. They, the, the cool thing about it, though, is that once I, you know, I drafted them, uh, I drafted the lawyers a letter. I, I always love an opportunity to, I, lo- I love an opportunity like this because I know that, I know that if they want to bring their full might, on on me that they can yeah. and they will. So 
I, the, I, knowing that there's something that I can never win, I can always give you my full, the way that I really want to feel. And I wrote them this letter and they, and I said, look, like, uh, we brewed this once. Uh, it's got no threat. It should have no threat to your clients. You know, we, it's in the UK. You're, you know, as far as I know, you don't even sell Jupiler over here. And, um, and they got back to me and said, you know, they said, you take it down immediately or else, or else isn't that. And that's when I went to good old Instagram uh, and posted their letter to me and posted my response to them. Mm. And, and, um, and then all of a sudden a couple newspaper paper and online journalists picked it up. And by the time I got, so I got called by somebody from the BBC who picked up the story uh, and she said she was just confirming details and stuff. And she was like, cool, we're going to run a story tomorrow on this. Um, I can't believe it. Da, 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 da. You know, it's post COVID. It's just, it's David versus Goliath. It's there's no need. Yeah. For this. And it turns out that that woman who called me from the BBC, when she called ABI, they picked up the phone and they said, uh, we are withdrawing our, uh, you know, our, our letter. We're withdrawing our intent uh, with Forest Road. So it was really? the most, it was the moment that they found out the BBC was going to run a story on them. Wow. Trying to yeah. <laughs> and I've never heard from that woman again. I should really send her a case of beer because she was the one that that call was that the sorted one that it out. Started it out. Yeah. Oh, get in the BBC. So, well done. So if, if, you're, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're out there, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Forget, I forget your name, but I remember you so clearly. <laughs> so, so, so they dropped the full, the full uh, everything. They weren't making any change. Anything. They just they dropped everything. They said they said you you know uh, uh, you're entirely welcome to reapply for the trademark it's as Jupiter Double IPA or whatever. Mm. Um, we don't you know we support. They they totally backtracked and said they went yeah. from. Went from you're a little brewery, like literally, like I don't understand how you what your financial benefit is from from doing that. And and the other thing that's really important to remember is <clears throat> these guys, what they make money, like what they make more money in Nigeria than they do in London, right? Yeah. They make more money in Toronto than they do in London. There's they must have these legal teams across the world doing the same thing at any tiny hint of anything for brand protection. Mm, and yeah. because you, lawyers are not cheap, those people will have been paid for that time to try and <laughs> suck us out on a, on a petty lawsuit for a, a beer that we brewed once. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing the financial might that they have to throw at things like this. It's oh, not even crazy. It's just crazy. Well, that's it. Like you say, if, if you would have, you know, if, if if the woman from BBC had or hadn't intervened, or if they just said no, we're going to keep going with it, they could, you know, in essence, they, yeah, they, they could, could do they it. could shut you down tomorrow. You know, they, what I they mean? could run, they could run it. They could just keep on appealing to the point where, you know, they could just they yeah they could literally run me to the ground. So. Mm. It's uh yeah, I, I mean it's one of them, isn't it? Like you say, it's David versus Goliath, and obviously it's the the big guys that are, are worried about the the small guys now, obviously because it's taking money away from them. But 
you know, like you say, when they don't even sell the products in the same country, it's not even mm. a similar branding. It's not even brewed. You know, if it's not even brewed in that country, it's just yeah. and you brewed it once. It's not even a a regular thing. But now, now is it is it a regular thing now? What what's the because like you say, uh, you no, brewed we, it start twenty two. What's the no? So now we're we're doing it in ode to that period of time. We do it once a year, mm-hmm. right before Christmas. So that um, so that when dry Jan comes around, when you really realize that it was the wrong decision, that we have your we have the you know, the, the right potion for you. You're there to save everyone, mate. Well done. Yeah. I I always wonder that about people who do dry Jan. It's like it's the worst time of year to do it. Literally the worst time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I understand to a certain extent why they do it, but it's like just just moderate yourselves all year round, and you don't have to punish yourself in January. Exactly, yeah, this is my point. Like, I mean, there's never a good month to not drink, all right? You should you should be drinking year-round. But... Yeah, well, I mean, dude, January is... You think about it, it's dark, it's cold, everything, everybody is staying inside. It's the worst month to not drink. Exactly, yeah, yeah there's literally nothing else to do. Yeah, so yeah. might as well drink. So. Yeah. no. I've never understood it myself, but I, I applaud people who do it. Don't get me wrong, but it's the whole misconception oh, yeah. as well that that people think, well, I've done dry January, I can do what I want for the rest of the year. Now that's the thing that irks me most is that I can like I can yeah. I can drink whatever I want, do whatever I want for the rest of the eleven months of the year. Like that's that's not how it works. You've, you've yeah, not, I have you've not cleansed the same thing yourself. With, the same thing with Lent, you know, when you give up mm. something for forty days, so it's like, oh, I'm going to give up chocolate, mm. or yeah. you know, I'm going to give up having custard. For forty days, oh, crusted. Oh. Yeah, Day I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like so. So say you give up custard for you know forty days, and then they'll go. Oh, on day forty-one, they'll literally swallow a wheelie bin full of it. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. surely just have. You just, you, just, a week. you just had forty days worth of custard in a night. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, there's a healthier way to do this. I've done all the hard work, all the hard work. <laughs> but uh, but but bringing it back to um, Jupiter Pete, um, yep. this is this was my introduction to to your brewery and where my interest was peaked to to get uh, in touch okay. and do a podcast. But I've seen a lot of things doing the rounds about a lot of similarities drawn between this and Pliny the Elder from Russian River. Um, and was that ever a, a thought process for you guys to think, well, this was the kit that made that, you know, that amazing beer. So let's try and replicate its success here in the UK. Well, we, I mean, we, we knew that that kit is capable of, I mean, we're so happy with the way they, you know, we had to, we had to reconfigure the electronics. Uh, the poor guy is on the floor. We have like, Celsius and Fahrenheit converters and you know all the weight conversions and stuff all over the place mm. we're really happy with the quality of the kit um, James and I love drinking IPAs and, and double IPAs and when we made this beer we were like let's make our let's make our double IPA you know it, mm. it it's a, on the Russian River kit it's a high grist kind of good bitterness really hoppy beer we never we're we we pay homage to the guys that did it before us this is kind of our yeah it's our it's our way of of giving the kit what she's used to mm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean i'm 
we're, we're, we're very lucky that we've both, myself and Aaron, respectively drank uh, Pliny the Elder. We've drank it together and I've had it mm-hmm. before then as well. And it, it, it is the closest thing that I've had to Russian Rivers Pliny the Elder that isn't Pliny the Elder. <laughs> yeah, the balance is um, is what reminds me of it. I think when we had it together, like one of the first things I was amazed by is how well balanced it was. And I know people go on about balancing beer. Um, it's very simple. The strength, the hop character, the bitterness, mouthfeel. Yeah. Yep. Put them four things, for me anyway, put them four things together. If they all are akin to each other, yeah, yeah, you're winning. What more do you want? Well, exactly. This is it. The war's won. Do you know what I mean? Um, and this is what this does. So you've got the strength, you've got the body for it. And I think as well, what's really important is because it's a, it is moving again to that sort of West Coast side of it. Because you can get confused with, with a New England body because the style has more body in. But if you're just talking standard double IPAs, that balance with with your body and alcohol isn't always necessarily easy to do well. Yeah. Um, again, so yeah, hat off, sir. Cheers. Well done. Cheers. That is yeah. very, very good. Uh, too good, in fact. Um, I don't have a lot left at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I like a beer, I like a beer. Mm. So I do, <laughs> I do I tend was, to sink them. I was just thinking that. I was like, I could just literally just drink that beer and that that'd be it. But it, it's eight point seven percent. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Wait. See, I don't have a, a, a like. I don't have a like a barometer. Mm. So if I like something, I go. I like that. I'm like a kid. You know, mm. like the, the first sugary drink you have as a kid. It's like, oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. Like there's that yeah. episode of Simpsons where like they go out and have that squishy, and then it's mm. like they just drink it all at once. It's like, yeah, that's like me. It's like I've still not grown out of it. I'm like, I want more of it. I want more of it. Yeah, <laughs> give me, give me, give me. It's, it's addictive. <laughs> it's the same for us. I mean, there's something it it coats your tongue. That it it you know it's got this lasting kind of. I don't know how you explain it. It's it's a bitterness, but it's it's like an it's like an addiction, you know. It's like something that mm. makes you. It's like the only way that I can keep this feeling going is by another swish mm. of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, we we like it too. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's a stickiness, and it, and I don't know how you make it be a sticky, but it's like I've had um, I had um, Sierra Nevada Celebration IPA um, start of this year, back end of last year. Beer, and it's right. like that, 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 like if I'd have had it last year, technically, and I mean, it technically could have been my beer of the year this year, but it's like, it's so sticky. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, where's that gone? You know, I want, yeah. I want that in beer. Like you say, it's that stickiness. It's yeah. Like, it's well, that's, stickiness. That's what stay that's there. Word for it. Stickiness. Mm. Stickiness. Word. Yeah. I like that. Mm. Yeah. It kind of coats yeah. your mouth and then it just gathers and gathers and gathers. And it's like, I need more. I need more. Yeah. It's like, like you say, yeah. it's like an addiction of. Yeah. I just need that. I don't know what it That's is. That's how we're going to rate it. every single beer from now on. It's Steve's stickiness rating. Your mm. stickiness rating, dude. It's a real yeah, thing. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> stickiness rating. <laughs> I like it. It's, it's legitimate. But that's that's what I. And it's it's hard. Is you know this like like you said earlier, yeah, you know yeah. this craft beer. You know, oh my god, and new amazing this excitement and da da da. I just want stickiness back, and I'm going back yeah. to this sort of classic American styles like. You see Aaron Nevada, your Russian River, Dogfish mm. Head, whatever. 
just give me that again. Just give me that amazing West Coast, piney, bitter stickiness. I want that. Yeah. Just give me that. And now and clarity <laughs> yeah. as well. You know, the clarity on it, it's still, I mean, it's it's another thing that's like, I, one thing that we really like uh, doing is showing people that you can get really good hop character and it can be crystal clear in the glass. Mm. You know, and and again, that's one thing that that we James and I have always just agreed on. It's it's uh, like this beer. You know, this beer. It's February now. This beer is like seven weeks old now. It's still clear. It tastes great. It's mm. just it's just one of those nice. things that's like it looks good and it feels good and it, yeah, just you just want more of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't drink it all night. I could physically. <laughs> But my body would. I'd give it a collapse. Go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had. Um, I went over to Mark at Horseworth this week, and he had um, torpedo from Sierra Nevada on. And yeah. Seven point two. Yeah. After the first pint, I was like, "Yeah, that that's hit home." Yeah. As, as yeah. When when after the second pint, I was like, "I don't need a second pint, but I want a second pint." But I'm having one. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have one. <laughs> and then after the second one, I was like, "I'm done. That's me." Yeah. Thank yep. you. No, no, that's enough. That's enough for me, and and I think that's the same. You know, eight point seven is just you know ramping it up even a little bit more. But you know, we were saying about small cans, three thirties. In a way, I'm kind of glad that's in a three thirty mil can. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's, it's self regulation at mm. that point. I mean, I still have two. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'd still <laughs> I'd still do two. Yeah, but yeah, I just it, it, I I love Russian River. And I'm I'm very very fortunate to have had it here in bottle. I'd love to go there and try it and to have something. As close to Pliny the Elder as as that is off the same kit that brewed yeah. Yeah. Pliny the Elder is just like it's like you say it's the perfect homage to the amazing beers that were produced before it. Yeah, yeah. our our guys work really really hard uh, getting that stuff right, and we're mm. yeah we're super proud of it as well. No, well, tell them well done, man. That is mm. yeah, that's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they don't need our uh, our sort of tick. <laughs> our, blue, our blue tick, as it were, but they've, they've no, no, got yeah, the no, uh, the seal of approval. The uh, the seal of approval. Yeah, that's that's incredible. It's if I just had a fridge full of that, I'd, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. It's yeah. so nice. So when it warms up at the bottom of the glass, it gets even nicer. It's mad, you know. Mm. Like mine just came out straight out of the fridge, and now that I'm at the point where my hands warming up, mm. it's all of a sudden, yeah. And I, and I love doing that. I love I like that sort of having it colder and then getting progressively warmer and just going down the sort of the, the degrees and just trying it at different stages it's yeah it's incredible um yeah i'm not entirely sure that uh Anna will be happy with the fit state i'm going back downstairs in after those three cans no. of beer but you know <laughs> such is life such is life so right, i've some... got another two downstairs if she if she complains too much i'll have them as well so yeah yeah just knock them back yeah i'll have tea and soak it up that'll, that's my uh that's uh that's my justification but pete i think that brings us nicely to um to the end of this podcast and and thank you for for joining us this evening thank oh. you for sending us these beers this has been uh incredible and i'm sure uh, me and aaron will be definitely um ordering some more jupiter because oh, yes. that's just uh, yeah that's heaven that is just ridiculous ridiculously <laughs> good um well, but before so much for having me I, re- I really appreciate it guys yeah no no, no really. thank you for coming on mate thank you yeah, we, we keep we keep threatening a London visit and we'll have to make it happen. And, I know, and as yeah, we do, we do. Come on, man. mentioned. No yeah. problem. You can yeah, stay yeah. at the pub. Yeah, 
we'll, done. Uh, we'll, yeah, that's that it? it. We're off. Yeah, we'll put tickets. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. But yeah, we definitely need to make it happen and, and come visit. But Pete, for everyone who's uh, listening, uh, where can people find out more about Forest Road and, and where can they order the beer, more importantly? Uh, yeah, you can just uh, go to our website. It's forestroadbrewery.com. Um, it's quite straightforward where you can find us. And if you want to buy some beer, the, the choice is theirs. We're, we're down here in London brewing a bunch of beer. So, yeah, come see us or or get some at home. And there you go. See you out Excellent. there. Yeah. And, and myself and Aaron can definitely recommend it. So thank you once yes. again for joining me, Pete. Aaron, thank you for joining me again. And enjoy the other two, two beers this evening. I'll see you very soon. Oh, and- yes. Thank you all for very listening, and we'll uh, we'll be back on the next episode. Cheers, all right, guys. thanks. Appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs>